it's time yet again for another edition of Podshot. Live from Pete's World, this is Doctor Who Podshock. This is Doctor Who Podshock, episode 48 for the week of July 24th, 2006. My name is Ken Deep, and literally alongside Mr. Louis F. Trapani, genius. <laughs> Hello, yeah, we're in touching distance yes. now. <laughs> Although Lulu wouldn't let me touch his Podshock shirt before. Well, the seal of Rassilon. He was afraid I was going to implode or something. You can't or... break the seal. It's like, wow, ooh, he's wearing <laughs> you break a, the seal, you have to buy it. Lewis is wearing a snazzy black and gold Doctor Who Podshock shirt purchased from the Podshock store, uh, the UK, uh, the US version, I should say, mm-hmm. US version for Lewis today. And uh, I was actually enjoying the 101 reasons to, to buy a Podshock shirt on the, uh, the forums. And it's good to be back, first off. Good to be back not only on Podshock, but it's good to be back on the internet, and uh, uh, I believe it was Taras who suggested that this week's episode come live from a brand new internet service provider. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and um, so uh, we first we appreciate everyone's uh, patience in uh, w- waiting for the new site to be back up. There's still a few bugs to be worked out, as you probably have noticed, but overall things are are uh, starting to take shape again. And um, by the way, a, a round of applause to Lewis who. Busted his butt getting this uh, website transferred and back up and running. Uh, just when we were getting caught up with uh, with Podshock, along comes this this disaster that just wound up setting us back a little. Yeah. So, so thanks for your patience. <laughs> and you know, it was really great to see so many people were like, "When's it going to be back? When's it going to be back?" So that was kind of cool. That uh, that it was nice to be missed. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's um, hopefully everything's back to. Where it was before we had to move and relocate, relocate and migrate to a new server. <laughs> so um, whatever else is there now should, you know, probably was there before. But uh, there'll probably be more updates. And if there is any other problems, uh, just let us know. And 
anyway, so it's a, it's a constantly evolving and improving process. But uh, the forums are back to where they were, and everyone's um, participating, and it's um, a lot of fun there. So once again, that's the GallifreyanEmbassy.org or Podshock.net will get you there. So, uh, yeah, what we could say, we, we're, Lewis and I are in the same room today, which is great, coming to you from the, uh, the headquarters of the Gallifrey Embassy, uh, sort of our own version of the, it's like the, uh, the Galactic White House. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, this is actually where it all started, right here, where we're sitting, which is always a great thing. And, go back to the old setup, with the, and <laughs> running all the mic cables and everything, so, but it's all good. And, yeah, I said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come by and pay Lewis a visit, because, uh. It's just nice to to uh, do it face to face from time to time, where we're actually here and and going over things and and just hanging out and uh, cracking jokes. We just kicked and... out of your home and <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> you did it friendly. Like, uh, <laughs> Kenny's wife must have thrown him out. Um, yeah, no lawn mowers or anything today. So okay, we we have uh, an interesting news week, and I say interesting because it, it it's not really a great news week. It's it's more of a sad news week since the last time. That uh, we recorded a pod shock. Uh, we've had uh, some uh, Doctor Who notables passing away, and 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 to quote my good friend Lewis, uh, I really wish they'd stop dying. Yeah, it's um, it's it's a it's a great shame. Um, one of the one of the uh, key directors from Doctor Who uh, that is responsible for some of the classics um, has passed away. That's David Maloney. And the BBC's reported that he passed away on the 18th of July, and it's um, it's unfortunate. It's also coincidental that the Genesis of the Daleks um, just came out on DVD, which he's once again does a commentary on that DVD, and he's also featured in some of the extras. That they, they usually on the DVDs, there's uh, extra material that's um, produced just for the DVD. Uh, in this package, there's uh, two hour-long specials, which um, one is, um, oh, what's the, the title just escaped me. Okay. Um, Genesis of the uh, of a Classic, I think it was one is called, and the other one is the, the Genesis Tapes or something like that, I believe. And David uh, Maloney's, um, it, well, there, there are many people that are featured in it, but David Maloney, the director of Genesis of the Daleks, is obviously featured in this, and he, as I said, he's um, can be heard on the commentary tracks on this DVD as well as the Talents of Wang Chiang and the Mind Robber DVDs. Um, he's directed those stories uh, as well as the Crotons, the War Games, the Planet of the Daleks, Frontier uh, in Space, Genesis of the Daleks, which you just mentioned, Deadly Assassin, mm-hmm. Planet Ta- of Evil. I mean, really, the 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 his his. Um... His body of work is really just stellar. It's some of the the cream of the crop in Doctor Who history. I mean, you look at things like like Genesis of the Daleks and Deadly Assassin, uh, Talons. I mean, those. That's you look at the if you go to any of the surveys of you know some of the greatest when people are asked to vote on their favorite or the greatest Doctor Who episodes of all time. Uh, David's name is is all over it. At, you know, his fingerprint mm-hmm. is. Uh, is all over the classic Doctor Who series, and and it's just it's a shame, and it and it happened uh, in a in the same week or roughly around the same time that that Peter Hawkins passed away as well, uh, longtime voice of of the Cybermen and the Daleks, going way way back to the very beginning, and um, yeah, Peter you know, Hawkins was eighty two, and 
Uh, he was uh, one of the original Dalek voices and probably uh, one of the people that are responsible for pioneering the, you know, the, the way the Daleks sound. And, um, you know, everyone that, that came after him was pretty much, um, you know, following his cue. So and, it's, you know, back to back sad passings and, and, and not a, by any means, uh, not, not the first of 2006. You know, we've had several this year. And, and as the show becomes uh, older, as we're, you know, in our fifth decade uh, in Doctor Who, you know, we're starting to lose some of the people that made this show such a classic and uh, and, and pioneers in television, so many of them. And, and it's just it's just a sad, sad uh, week. Yeah, D- David Maloney goes back to 1965 with his, uh, when he first worked on the series as a production assistant in The Time Meddler. So, and then even outside of Doctor Who, uh, you may be familiar with his work because he was producer of the first two series of Blake Seven, mm-hmm. and then in 1981's um, TV movie adaptation of um, Day, Day of, of the Triffids. Triffids. Yeah, yeah, and again, you know, we're a Doctor Who podcast, but everybody is, you know, Doctor Who fan is pretty familiar with Blake Seven, and everybody knows that I'm a big Blake Seven fan, and uh, just as much of an influence as he had on Doctor Who, he had the same amount of influence on Blake Seven, you know, helping make that show, um, the incredible show that it is, and or, or was. So back to back, and you know, I I personally, and I know I, I, my good friend Lewis, who we've been friends with long enough to know each other, uh, we, we would be remiss if we didn't mention the passing of uh, rock legend. Sid Barrett as oh, well. Oh, yeah. I, I did mention him in, in, in our last Aftershock. Aftershock. Yeah. Or, you know, I, I know you haven't caught that yet, but... Yeah, I hadn't I hadn't caught it only because of a uh, breakdown in iTunes, but... Um, there, there's you a know, little homage in it. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's something to be said. You know, they say, well, he, what did he have to do with Doctor Who? The, the London scene of the 60s, the, the art and the, um, the explorations... That were going on in the '60s and in, in you know throughout the world, but in particularly in uh, in London at the time, you think about the cultural revolution that was going on. Both Doctor Who and 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 the Pink Floyd involved in in that you know quintessential, along with you know the Beatles and things like James Bond, and the list goes on and on of, of the things. I mean, that I'd happened. be very surprised if he was not a. Uh, uh, David uh, was not a uh, Doctor Who fan. I mean, well, yeah, I, his I think age it's pretty at obvious. the time, you know, the series premiered in 1963. Yeah, I, he would have been a, teen, I, you know, in, a teen, in his teen years uh, at that time. And you know, Pink Floyd always uh, showed the love to Doctor Who, and vice versa. And you know, I mean, we were joking in the podcast uh, about. Uh, yeah, Army of the not Army of Cybermen, Rise of Cybermen, the Cybermen Age of Steel, the the rock and roll icons that they were you know visualizing between the Battersea Power Station and the and the Zeppelins, Zeppelins and things like that. Yeah, I mean it's all you know it's all connected. It's all about creativity, and I think whether it's musical creativity or visual creativity, um, you know when pe- creative people respect other creative people, I, I believe. No, that's that's my take on that. All right, I'm I'm ranting. I'm gonna I'm gonna get messages about that. Now let's go into well, some other news. Then. I just well before we do, I just wanted to make a mention that because uh, we did mention Peter Hawkins had passed away. He died on July eighth, and he along with David Graham uh, were the two pioneers of the Dalek voices, the original Dalek voices, going back to you know the early sixties. 
Uh, he, you know, he also worked. He's a, he's a voice actor, so he also worked doing um, developing voices for other shows, um, Captain Pugwash, and even Zippy, and um, stuff that I'm not familiar with. But I'm sure some of our listeners are uh, the original Bill and Ben. So, um, I, he, he, by the way, um, Zippy was replaced by Roy Skelton, who's another Dalek voicemail. Sure. And he's featured on the Genesis of the Daleks DVD as well. Well, from someone who um, has an interest in, in voice work and, and tries to do, um, is working on a, building a career and in, in using his voice, these guys are extremely influential. The, you know, the, the, the level of professionalism and the thought process. I've seen interviews uh, with all of the, the gentlemen who have done the Dalek and Cyberman voices over the years, and uh, I've paid close attention to what they've said, and you know, in their in, in describing their job and their role in the show, and um, because I'm a Doctor Who fan, of course, I'm curious about it. But as, as someone who is doing voice work, it's curious to see them talk about um, how they the thought process going into creating a voice, and uh, how they would separate a Dalek voice from a Cyberman voice, and and going all the way, skipping all the way forward to the current series. Um, and seeing their influence resonate all the way mm-hmm. to today, it's just amazing. But let's 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 switch around and get into the uh, into some other news stories. I don't, don't want to dwell too much on on sad news. And there's a, there's a bunch of well, other things. Yeah, we do have some some very very good news, some great news, in fact, uh, something that people have been asking for and we've been asking for and finally um news of this came out after the recording of our last pod shock so we even spoke about it in last week's pod shock asking when 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 will they come out with a soundtrack for the new doctor who series featuring murray gold's music so uh they must have been listening even (laughs) though even though that podcast didn't go out yet and at that time and made they bbc has made an announcement that uh, there will be a new, um, I almost said DVD, or a new CD featuring the music of Murray Gold. And this is extremely exciting. Yes. So we don't have a lot of details. We don't know if it will be a one-disc set or two-disc set. Um, you know, we don't know what's going to be featured on it. Uh, we are encouraging our listeners to let the BBC know just exactly what you want on it. Uh, they I'd said, like a box set, please. <laughs> they said it will have highlights from Doctor Who. So... Uh, evidently, probably they're not going to include everything, but um, I'm sure they'll include the, you know, the famous speech song from Doomsday and Song for Ten, and um, but let them know so nothing's left Madame out. Madame de Pompadour's music, which was excellent, mm-hmm. uh, and the Cybermen. The Cybermen had that that heavy um, Peter's music. Yeah, Peter's music. There's a number of different themes. Yeah, that, the Cybermen that had, the as Ken just said, had yeah. their own theme. Great stuff, and I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, you know, I, I'm a soundtr- I'm a soundtrack collector. Uh, I, yeah, I know Lewis here. is as well. He collects uh, many soundtracks. Um, music is you know you can't underestimate the music in the in the show. It's really it helps bring it to life, and particularly in the new Doctor Who series, it's really uh, Murray Gold's just uh, it's been brilliant, and it's uh, it's just a shame that we didn't know that the soundtrack was coming out. Uh, when James interviewed Mar- Murray Gold, uh, he could have picked his brain a little bit about what he thinks might be on that. 
Well, speaking of which, we're going to have the Murray Gold interview in today's podcast. So we were actually saving this for another podcast, and we had lined up another interview with someone else that's involved with Dr. Hugh Music, but uh, we decided to um, to do the Murray Gold interview um, instead of sitting on it to do it now and um, so it doesn't get too stale. <laughs> you know, these things only have a freshness date on it. You have to make sure. <laughs> you know, you get them out in time. Otherwise, they go stale. We well, don't want new- to give you stale stuff. Uh, news also this week uh, from BBC Audiobooks that uh, Doctor Who, The Ark, is coming to CD. Now, this is curious. Yeah. The latest trend with Doctor Who audios is that uh, they're taking black and white episodes that do exist in their entirety uh, and putting narration with them and releasing them as an audio. I'm I'm a little bit... I'm of mixed feelings on this. I love the Doctor Who audios, especially the classics. But I also feel that... Um, are they doing this for money? Are they doing this knowing that Doctor Who fans will just buy stuff? I mean, we, we have the video. Yeah, I guess the, the only real need I can see for this is for those that have, like, commutes and they like to listen to audio. And if they're not listening to Doctor Who Podshock, maybe they want to listen to... Um, Audios of perhaps stuff that already exists. Who has their sight impaired? You know, this is a great oh, way well of that, experiencing that too. the show. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, from that point of view, uh, you know, who can argue with it? It's, now, do do they put um, narration to um, to into it, like describing yes. the scene? Yes, um, there there is narration uh, you know, for things that uh, visual elements that mm-hmm. uh, they're based on the original scripts from the show. You know, using the cues. Uh, in the script, so uh, is it usually someone from that particular serial? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, almost always. Okay, there's a number of different actors and actresses, uh, and they vary from time to time. What's nice uh, as well now, it's always a double CD set uh, for because of the time restrictions. So there's usually a little extra time on the CD, and whoever the narrator uh, is on that particular episode, there'll usually be about a ten minute interview with them about the story. Which is nice because it, it's it's focused on just that story, mm-hmm. so it isn't an overall. Well, when I was on Doctor Who, it was like this. It would be very specifically. Well, when we worked on the under, uh, you know, um, the underwater menace, or when we worked on whatever whatever episode it might be, Tenth Planet, the interview would very be very specific on on that episode, and I like that. I like when they're very specific. That's one of the things I enjoy about the DVD documentaries is. You know, if they're doing the Genesis of the Daleks DVD, the documentary is on just Genesis of the Daleks. I think, or, or even more specific than that, just one particular element, kind of like what Confidential is doing on the mm-hmm. new show, where they'll focus on uh, the music, the, the special effects, the guest, at, you know, the guest cast, or whatever that episode might be. There's an overall making of that week's episode, but they might focus on the companion's role or something like that. Sure. So, those yeah. things are always good when you mm-hmm. get a chance to focus. There's so much in Doctor Who. Um, that, Absolutely. You know, to focus on on each thing, give each be able to shine the light on on a on a little aspect of Doctor Who is is very helpful. Well, what I'm really looking forward to outside of the audios is the the Invasion DVD with the animated um, fillers, you know, of, of the missing bits. And I'm hoping that will be something that will continue with other missing episodes. And um, hopefully, you know, they'll do that um, because it's it, these stories are a shame to go to waste. Not, you know, so that, you know, not being released on DVD just because an episode here or there might be missing. And um, so it's it's exciting. It's an exciting time 
to be a Doctor Who fan, as Ken has said many times in the past, and the present, and the future. So we're going to... Um, Ken, did you have any other news items? I didn't. Uh, there, there's a few other items, but I, I suppose you know, there's nothing really time-sensitive. Those were the, the main things mm-hmm. uh, that had happened recently. Um, John Barrowman uh, has confirmed that he's returning for Series 3. Um, yeah. But I, I take the casting news now with a grain of salt being that Billy Piper was confirmed for Well, word is that he's going to be in um, that spin-off series called Torchwood, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's the word. <laughs> anyway, we're going to come back, and when we come back, we're in our feature segment, we're going to, uh, as I alluded to earlier, we're going to be, um, we're going to have the interview with Dave, with um, <laughs> names are really escaping me today with Murray Gold today uh, James before uh, we also um, in our opening we've got to mention or remind people that James is not with us this week because he's on holiday he's in the US and you would think he would be here with us with Ken and I recording but no he's with um, if you don't know he has an American <laughs> girlfriend and he's with her I okay. mean the nerve of him alright that's an acceptable <laughs> reason you know the guy you know what it's not like he I sees know. her all the time I'm joking I guess I'm so anyway, so James is not with us, but he's going to be with us in a recorded sense because he, uh, before he left, before he went on holiday, he had the honor of interviewing Murray Gold. And uh, so for for you James groupies who need your fill, your fix of James, <laughs> I um, think yeah, and I think they're going to get more than the fix because <laughs> they'll hear from James again in our feedback section Ooh. after the uh, features segment. Also in this uh, feature segment is a report from our uh, Australian correspondents, Chris Rattray and Ashley, who uh, they do a report and they um, give us what's the, their take on Doomsday from the land down under. So we haven't heard from Chris and Ashley in a while, so we're delighted to have him back on the show. Yes. And I hope you enjoy that segment. And we'll be back with feedback after the feature segment. And um, Ken and I will, will join you with Russell Hale, perhaps. We have to get him online, and he'll be joining us as well. So we'll be back. You're listening to Doctor Who Podshock. This is Colin Baker. Hi, this is Trevor. David. Tony. And I'm Jeff, and we're the MMM Commentary Team, and if you want to listen to fun and exciting alternate commentaries of your favourite sci-fi, listen to us. You're listening to the Gallifreyan Embassy's Podshock. MMMcommentaries.com Are you passionate about your movie watching? Do you know more about Star Wars than you do about your mother? Is Peter Jackson your favorite hobbit? Do you refuse to acknowledge the existence of any Godzilla movie that stars Ferris Bueller? Well, fear not. Now, folks like you have their very own podcast, Cinema Slave. It's a weekly show dedicated to the passionate discussion of all things film, science fiction, fantasy, horror, cult, foreign film, Hollywood classics, and everything in between. 
Cinema Slave. Check it out at www.cinemaslave.com or through iTunes. Just search on Cinema Slave, that's one word, and click subscribe. So simple, even a Gungan can do it. Excuse me. So I'm here with, I'm very privileged to have here with me Mr. Murray Gold, who is of course the the head composer of the the new Doctor Who uh, theme and and all of the scores and fantastic uh, pieces of music. So thank you ever so much for coming on board, Murray. It's an honour to have you on the show. That's my pleasure, James. Marvellous. So... How did you really sort of get into music? We were just talking uh, off the air about uh, I'm doing my chemistry degree at the moment and uh, I understand that you did a history degree. So it seems, it seems yeah. uh, rather strange to move away from that after you uh, to, to get into music. Is it something that you've, you've always enjoyed and therefore just felt, it felt like a, a, a natural progression, so to speak? Um, yeah, I mean, I did study history nominally at um, university. I, I don't, didn't actually do any in, in, in reality. Um, I think I spent three years sort of mainly doing music and drama. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I had always, I mean, I, I used to, I learned the piano at six, six years old. And um, I used to um, just write songs and play music from, from quite an early age, so it was always mm-hmm. there. Um, mm-hmm. But actually, in, in terms of the academic study of music, it was, it was like, I didn't particularly like enjoy the way it was taught at school. Mm-hmm. So it was more, in, more the case of sort of forming bands and um, writing, writing music in a band and, and then taking it through and uh, learning to score drama with theatre companies and mm-hmm. uh, and going on from taking that f- further from university um, after I'd left and doing stuff at Edinburgh um, sort of theatre and drama uh, music and drama at the Edinburgh Festival um, then doing a bit of radio uh, dra- radio drama and sort of some documentary work and finally, sort of landing up um, scoring uh, films and television, drama. That's marvellous. So, I mean, have, were you a fan of Doctor Who uh, as a, at a young age? Because um, it, it must be awesome scoring for television and, and, and film. Uh, it must be a really interesting process, and, uh, but I suppose quite a, a laborious one at the same time. I mean, there's nothing I've ever done that's been so straightforwardly time-consuming as uh, these seasons of Doctor Who, just because they're... I mean, I've done six, seven, eight-episode series. I think Shameless 
uh, once had a 10 episode um season two of shameless was 10 episodes and that felt like a lot and that was 10 hours but they had ad breaks as well uh, so they ended up being similar sort of sized episodes to doctor who but also you know the, the doctor who um is very music heavy and very music intensive mm. uh and it's multi-layered music um uh in when i write the music for shameless it's a kind of rock combo um, yes uh, other, 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 se- other series that I've done have um, haven't had haven't been anywhere near as demanding in terms of time. I mean, this 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 uh, I, I sort of sit sit down in around about October, start talking about the Christmas special, and from middle of December right through to well, next week, actually, I'll be finished with it. I'm really stuck in my room for, for nearly all of that time. But uh, to answer your first point, um, yeah, I was a, a complete Doctor Who nut when I was. It's uh, <laughs> what we like to hear. Kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it still kind of takes me by surprise when I sort of look up when episodes I remember very clearly were first transmitted, mm-hmm. and you know, I find that they were on in 1973. I think to myself. Uh, I must have been four years old when I watched that, and yet I remember it really well. You know, um, there was a lot of the Pertwee era I remember really clearly, and I'm sure it wasn't repeat. I'm sure it wasn't from repeats. Mm. Tom Baker was my doctor, and uh, when I was at primary school, I used to um, go around to a friend's house who had all the books, and we used to go through them, and there were. Quite a few. There's quite, there's quite a few episodes that, that I've, I've I've not actually seen. I've read the book. I, I think Carnival of the Monsters is one of them, which mm. I which I read and actually I've I've never seen on television. But I remember it was a cracking good read. But mm. mm. I stopped um, I stopped uh, stopped watching it round about the age of twelve. I think. Uh, for for some reason, I don't know. I think I sort of started um, discovering other things, <laughs> as we all do about that sort of time, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, has it always been something that you've been aware of as well? Because well, the thing that I love about Doctor Who personally is that you can take a bit of a, a, a breather away from it and. Uh, always come back to it later and instantly get it and enjoy it, which is, of course, what's so great about the new series, is that it's it's been uh, rehashed and redone, and yet it seems so so modern and yet so familiar, I suppose. So. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I, I suppose if you start looking about where, where, where the kind of tonal continuity is, what, what is the same and what is different, you can argue for days and days, and I'm sure people do. Um, I think there are some things that are very different now. Um, I'm sure the kind of the melodrama, melodramatic tone in, in Doctor Who now, um, if it was there at all, I don't even remember it being there at all. And mm. uh, I mean, there was there was sometimes nods, like in in Fang Rock, that's got a kind of melodramatic tone, but it's a contained story, and it, yes. it doesn't permeate the whole thing. Um, 
and you know obviously the emotional uh, in, um, intimacy um, you know the emotional language of of new of new, of new doctor who is, is much um then characters seem seem to seem to be much more intimate with each other definitely i suppose uh, they can they can obviously get away with a, a lot more of that sort of stuff now than they could uh, in the early days um, I think it's you know yeah I think I think it's more acceptable now. I mean, there's a certain frigidity frigidity to uh, to, um, to to how a lot of things seem to be in those days. I mean, I remember if you showed somebody hugging someone, um, you'd get people looking away. I, I mean, everything was different in the 70s. The 70s just when you, when I, when I even think about it, I was in Portsmouth in the 70s. And Saturday night, it was it was autumn and raining, and, and you'd hear the football results, and then there'd be the Pink Panther, and then Doctor Who would come on, and that would be the highlight of the mm. whole. I seem to remember, yeah, all of us coming downstairs for 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 Doctor Who, and um, but it was a very grey time otherwise, and um, you know. I just everything about the seventies seemed so grey to me. Really? Maybe that was just because I was living in Portsmouth at the time. <laughs> You're not a fan of Portsmouth at all. No, I love Portsmouth. I mean, it's where I've spent all my all my my life until I left university. Never lived outside of that city, and mm. um, uh, it was it's just a, it's the kind of um, it's limit. It had limitations. It's one of those cities where if you don't get out of it, you can stay there for the rest of your life. And yes, yeah. and when you do get out of it, people that you used to know look at you and sort of think, "What? What do you think? What, you know, what made you leave? What do you think you're so good? You had to. You, you think you're better than us. You had to get out of here." Gosh. Uh, really? Well, people from, you know, people from. Um, so people sometimes have that attitude that if you leave somewhere, you're you've rejected it yeah when then that's not not necessarily the case at all because uh, obviously where you're brought up is is your home and uh, you'll even if um it is a bit of a dump not that i'm saying of course portsmouth is but you know you'll still always have a fondness for a place yeah uh, i mean portsmouth's lovely it's, yeah it's, it's, it's lovely. i don't want to knock portsmouth it's uh it's a tough city, though, in, in lots of ways. And I, I, actually, it's really changed. But everything's changed now. You know, that, that's what's talking about the colour that's in Doctor Who now. It reflects the sort of, the, you know, the temperature, the temperament mm. of, um, of um, the kind of environment we're in now. Probably just as, the, as Doctor Who in the, in the 70s and early 80s um, reflected, reflected the yeah. temperament of, of that time. Yeah. Well, I'd, I'm not sure that there are many uh, other series, especially not in science fiction, that could say that, because obviously Doctor Who's been going on for so long, and uh, it must be amazing to 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 be an integral part of it, because uh, really uh, it's, it's a piece of television history, Doctor Who, and uh, obviously a lot of people are... Um, immensely passionate about it because it's got such a big fan base and it's, it, it is one of those it's one of those things I suppose which is quite strange particularly here in the UK I suppose in that it it 
you would have thought of sci-fi being uh, quite a geeky thing, but Doctor mm. Who's not really because everybody crowds around the television to to watch it, um, which is, I, I suppose, w- what I like about it. But was it really daunting because Doctor Who is such a a, a massive phenomenon? Was it really daunting to think that you were going to to be a, a such an important part of the, of the program. Um, it wasn't particularly just from because I'd had all my I'd had a lot of daunting moments already to prepare me for for something like this. I mean, you know, I, I think when when I was about twenty seven, I was working with Reeves and Mortimer, and 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 um, really only seven years earlier, I, I, well, I'd always been a fan of Reeves and Mortimer, but that, that the, the gap between okay. Um, they, they were very, very hip and um, mm. celebrated, mm. and much and very loved at the time. And and I was working with them, and I did an arrangement of a uh, of an old Dean Martin song called "Ain't That a Kick in the Head" with uh, Vic Reeves. Um, those sorts of things were overwhel- uh, slightly overwhelming at the time. I, I mean, the thing about Doctor Who was where I'd worked with Russell before. It did feel like it, this was Russell's next show, so it felt completely natural that right. I would be doing it. Or that, uh, you know, I, it, it, actually, having said that, I didn't, I didn't think that um, I was going to be offered the job because um, I, th- I'd al- I thought uh, it had already been... Um, handed to somebody else um so when i was asked i was kind of delighted mm. um but i think actually in a funny way that as as it as it went on and and as we realized what a what a great big uh, juggernaut the show was turning out to be in terms of its promotion and its kind of wide appeal and success and you know that that um it, that it almost became steadily more um, overwhelming as the as the series was airing um, and you sort of I think it's it's easy to um, pretend or to kid yourself that while you're actually working on it before it's actually aired you know you're, you're working on it a few months in advance of, it, of transmission so you don't know what impact it's going to have mm-hmm. and actually everything's silent you know you're just sitting there working completely quiet if I'd have known then that, that the that the impact that certain you know certain cues would have <laughs> I would I'd be you know I'm glad I didn't know that actually because it uh, would have been so scary I suppose yeah I think you can get a kind of vertigo sometimes I mean you know I'm, I'm a I'm a musician I do my work behind closed doors I'm not an actor but the funny thing is, is as things go on, go on you realise that everything in Doctor Who is exposed to, uh, to scrutiny, the scrutiny of the fan, the loving scrutiny of the fans. Really? Have, have, have people actually... Um, because to my mind, I, everybody who I've spoken to has loved all of the new music, um, so much so that one of the, the biggest questions that we get over on Podshock is... Is there any possibility of the soundtrack being released? Especially things like um, Song for Ten, of course, which is mm. everybody's uh, loves, and you did such a fantastic job on that. And, and um, well, all sorts, all of all the cues, as you were just saying, uh, that that make it so familiar that 
tie everything together. Um, you, have you really had people who've reacted in a bad way? Because that's surprising to me. Um, no, I haven't actually. I, I didn't. I, I didn't say that. I just said, um, said that um, you know that everything is subject to, to scrutiny. You know ah. what I mean is is that um, the, for every job that I've, I've done um, prior to Doctor Who, um, it would be easy for me to go about my business never meeting anybody who'd seen the show. I mean. Because I don't live in Manchester, because I live in London, shows like Shameless, Clocking Off, uh, Queer as Folk even, um, which are all set in the north of England. <laughs> um, you know, Londoners love to say, I don't watch television. <laughs> you get it a lot. I mean, I mean, I go about doing my stuff. I've been working for, say, probably 10 years. I think I did my first television drama at, at, at age about 27. And um, in all of that time, I, I, I very rarely met anyone who'd seen anything I did, mm. you know. Um, I think, like I said, it would be less common in, in Manchester, mm. you know, if, mm. I, if I was there, because those those shows, did, you know, were more popular, probably as a, as, as a demographic, were more we're more popular up there, where you're talking from as well. Um, but, um, <laughs> you know, with, when Doctor Who came along, you, what I mean, what I meant by saying that you're exposed to scrutiny is not necessarily as a, as a positive or negative. I just, yes. mean, I, I just mean that the first time Doctor Who magazine wanted to talk to me, uh, Russell wrote me a, an email saying, would you mind speaking to Doctor Who magazine? They're going to want to know everything. Mm, mm. And I, I thought, well, that's interesting. I mean, what's that one, what, I wonder what he means by everything. And you know, and you start to realise that um, that you know that Doctor Who fans really are interested in everything. Mm, uh, and and actually, you know, that's you know that's flattering in 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 a lot of ways. You know, because frankly, whether it's positive or negative. At the end of the day, you'd rather that people were interested than not. Yeah, and uh, obviously, uh, how could they not be in with such a fantastic arrangement? And uh, I'm sure you've he have heard this from absolutely everybody, but you have done an amazing job. And uh, I just love how everything kind of slots together. You'll you'll listen to the music uh, whilst watching the show, and and. In will come bits from the first series, and uh, song for ten will creep in here and there. Mm. It's just marvelous, and uh, it's very. Actually, very I just clever. got a, I just got a text message from a friend who's at the Isle of Wight Festival. Who said because Tim Phillips is actually playing there, and it said it said uh, it said um, Murray, did you write the music for the Christmas Invasion? And of course. <laughs> I texted back and wrote, yes, and, <laughs> and she wrote, because uh, it says in the Isle of Wight um, program guide that um, under Tim Phillips that he wrote all the music for the Christmas Invasion, uh. and, I, and I, I, sat, I was just sitting in my studio sweating in this June the 11th sunshine, uh, sitting three feet from my 32-channel valve desk, which even on a freezing winter's day is like an agar in a room. <laughs> it emits so much heat, you know, you can dry your clothes on it. And, and, I, and I read that and I thought, great, 
And that 35,000 people now think that Tim Phillips wrote all of that. <laughs> when all he did is sing on the track. Yeah, I just called him. I just called him up on the Saturday night and he came round to my house and, and did a bit of singing. But, um... <laughs> Anyway, so but, yeah, it, 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 it is, it's, uh, I mean, the, the, uh, going back to the point that you, you, you raised there about the, 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 the album, um, I, I, it has, it's been talked about, they, they kind of sort of messed it up a bit, um, the people that were supposed to be doing it. Right. Um, and uh, I think there's this whole, yeah, you know, I think people make things people in in commercial enterprises sometimes overcomplicate quite simple um enterprises because you know, it's just it's a cd of the of the of the set of music for the soundtrack but they you know for some reason they don't seem to be able to get their heads around that because there was a whole load of rumors circulating around on the net that it was it was definitely going to come out and i seem to remember February is a month that stuck in my head or something, because there was speculation on HMV's website all over the place. Oh, I think that was about another release. Um, right. I th yeah. I mean, I, I think I think people are getting a bit fed up that there's not been any announcement, and I can totally understand why they would, but the weird thing is it's, like, really not anything to do with me. Um, it's like, uh, you know, I don't have a record label. I can't put stuff out, and I think... What, you, there's this kind of doomy phrase that um, the, the, the department that deal with it are currently in transition. Right. Um, which means, I, I think it means that they haven't got a kind of umbrella deal to distribute uh, CDs at the moment or something or other. Mm -hmm. It's one of these little knotty things on, and I sort of, I sort of sometimes say to them, oh, well, I think I'm just going to uh, upload a whole load of it onto the internet because people want to hear it. And they immediately say, oh, you can't, you can't do that. You don't, <laughs> you don't own it. You know. Uh, and I'm like, oh, well, uh, well, if I maybe just make a few changes to it, then maybe uh, it's different from the one that was broadcast and I own that. And anyway, then you sort of... I mean, it's, it's a bit complicated, but I'm, ho I'm, I'm sort of hopeful that it might be out by Christmas somehow or other. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I don't know. I can't... I can't guarantee it though. I mean, it's just it's just the way um, that commercialism is done. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's just um, it's just some, sometimes it's just not as simple as it would as it seems that it should be. Yeah, but there's there's definitely the market for it because all the time people are emailing in and well, particularly around February. Well, there is a, a there is a market, but when I first heard them talking about it, they were talking about looking for sales of over a hundred thousand mm -hmm. now i don't think i'm not sure i've got no idea but you know when people start talking sales to me i just turn off to be honest because i'm, I'm not interested it's like you just stick it out and that's it but they were talking about they they want out they want sales of over a hundred thousand and they've got this strategy right you know and it's like so that's kind of you know when you say there's a market i agree with you i, I see evidence of that all every day but um it might not be might As not be the much, market yeah. that the marketing people want, you know, and that's just you know that's just how it is. Mm. I I don't know. I I I think 
I suppose when anybody talks numbers in the way of sales figures and stuff, it's very easy to turn off because it must be so boring. Because, I mean, particularly as you're such a creative chap and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's it seems to me uh, my my good friend Ken, who is my co-host, uh, is the co-host of the show, he he frequently says that there's there's so so many times we see that people who have absolutely no creative idea whatsoever are the people who make the decisions about what's going to be distributed and how it will be distributed and so on. And I think that's a, a, a great shame because, well, I would definitely buy it in a heartbeat because... Uh, it's just it really is terrifically iconic and uh i love it i think you've done a terrific job and i'm sure uh, thank you that so many people out there who listen to the show agree with me definitely my co-hosts do who can't who sadly can't be here today but, well i yeah. want to shake every one of those people who agrees with you shake i want to give their hand a good shake <laughs> yeah well I'm, I'm really looking forward to to hearing. What I mean, I think it really, I think it'll be a really good CD when it finally mm-hmm. does come. And I'm going to say when it finally, because I think it is inevitable that it will oh, come. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's just that there's been there's so much music has built up now that it, the actual, uh, you know, they would. I mean, I, I can't even go into the discussions that were going on at the time. You know, they want you know this this album, and then we're doing another series of smaller releases but it has to be a big release first and da 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 but with every you know time does not stand still on this show and we, you know it's very uh, it's an abundant amount of music and uh, you know since they first started talking about it the christmas invasion happened and we recorded about uh, what, um, 45 minutes of music with the national orchestra of wales and then since that happened i we recorded another 45 minutes of music with the National Orchestra of Wales, and you know when you that 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 has now been mixed at Air Studios, which is great because that's where they mixed Lord of the Rings and um, Da Vinci Code and all kinds of things like that. Mm-hmm. And it, it really, I mean, I've been playing it here, but it, it does it does sound great. I mean, even if it's not your cup of tea as music, it does. I mean, it does yeah. sound wonderful. The orchestra and the and the production and so that's 90 minutes of, of orchestral music which is you know then in my mind is supplemented by you know there's diff- i've got different arrangements of the as you mentioned some of some of the uh some of the recurring themes um mm, mm. The, the 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 thing that's become known as what is it president flavia is that what they call it um i don't which know. Is the, I think on the I think I read that I think Russell started referring it refer referring to it as he gave it a name. Um, it was it was it was the bad wolf theme that the the, yes. the, uh, the, 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 the it's Melanie Pappenheim singing it. Yeah, the fantastic vocals, absolutely yeah. brilliant. Yeah, which was she was lovely. Um, uh, but there's all kinds of there's all kinds of stuff you see that's just lying around, and all the different sort of all the different stuff from season one and season two and um, as it was broadcast and then the different versions of it as then subsequently recorded by National Orchestra of Wales. And so there really is a lot of music. So, I mean, I think it, it will happen at some point and it, it, it will obviously come with uh, 
um, sleeve lining, no, sleeve liner notes that <laughs> that are right, which would go to another twenty five pages. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I just want to make. Actually, I, ha I did make. Um, I did. I have made a few compilations for people uh, here and there. Just, uh, I think there might be one in the Doctor Who magazine office. Um, but uh, it's still even even the ones that I made then are, are pretty Spartan compared to to compared to the one that there could be now. Awesome. Yeah. But I mean, I, th I just wanted to let you know that obviously everybody on the Doctor Who scene is terrifically excited about it, and uh, Bless them. I, th I think uh, it's it's. As you say, it's definitely going to happen. It's just a, a case of when, and, and uh, fingers crossed for for sooner rather than later. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather, I'd, I'd, I think I'd, I'd love it if it was out for in time for for Christmas. That would be really good. Mm. And if it's not, then it'll be out. I don't know. It just will be out eventually. Bound to be. <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> so we've just got to keep keep being patient, I suppose. <laughs> Well, yes, keep being patient, and then, and then, you know, I know, I know people sort of sample bits of it off the show and stick it on the internet when it's got all the sort of effects on it. I, was, I actually noticed uh, on a, on a website that uh, an American fella runs um, that they'd uh, sort of put all the Doctor Who themes up, and there was they actually had a little bit of that um, the, the, the Melanie Pappenheim cue, mm -hmm. the bad wolf cue that I was talking about. They had that on there, and I saw that, and that that just been sampled off the DVD. Yes, because it's it's on all the menus, isn't it? Yeah. And I saw that something like three thousand or two thousand two two thousand eight hundred people or something had downloaded it. Mm. And I thought, well, wow, that's pretty cool, you know, for a bit of incidental music uh, on an American website, you know, for, for a British show. It had, you know, a bit of incidental music for a, for a British show based on their websites based in America. I thought that's pretty cool. They had two, two, two and a half thousand downloads. Definitely, there's. I mean, people want this stuff. Uh, yeah, I know. I was, I was uh, pretty flattered, to be honest. Yeah, I think you have got um, definitely a, a, a lot of admirers across the globe. I mean, you, you, you'd seem like a genuinely modest chap, and. Uh, well, some would say I've got a lot to be modest about. <laughs> I but it's great that the American, people. you know, that people in America. Because I, I mean, I spend a lot of time in America. I, I mean, I go, I'm, I'm off there in a couple of weeks. Uh, and uh, actually, I even know where the New York Doctor Who Appreciation Society meet. And I have, uh, I've actually been in there for a pint. It's a really nice bar called Swift. Yeah. Because uh, we're, we're good friends with uh, DWNY. Actually, um, Lewis and Ken, my co-hosts, are uh, they're New Yorkers themselves. So right. They they try to get together with them whenever they can. But yeah, they're all they all seem like uh, genuinely nice chaps. Yeah, it's a very nice it's a very nice bar. Um, that is, uh, they always choose good bar. Actually, not two people. They do know their drink because they do choose to <laughs> congregate. <laughs> In nice pubs, because there's one, uh, the one that they do in London at the Fitzroy Tavern, that's a nice pub as well. Mm. Um, so I think they've got their priorities right. A bit of Doctor Who and a bit of beer. Definitely. A lot of beer, or a lot of both, probably. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, the best thing, I think. <laughs> well. Absolutely. 
maybe the second best thing, but we we can't really talk about that too much. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> but listen, Murray, thank you ever so much for for being on the show. You're a top bloke, and uh, I wish you all the best for the future. Um, just quickly, have you got any interesting projects uh, on the horizon that we could listen to your music? Any scores or or films we? Well, could I'm doing. I mean, before I disappear for the summer to write a musical, um, which uh, I can't really talk about at the moment because it's still ongoing negotiations. Awesome. Um, I, I'm, I'm doing. I'm working with Joe Hearn and Christopher Eccleston, actually, who you may remember from a certain show. Really? Um, yeah. <laughs> the marvelous Christopher Eccleston is um, appearing in a uh, one and a half hour, or was it two hour? drama written and directed by Joe Ahern mm. called Perfect Parents. Oh, cool. Which is about uh, a couple who pretend to be Catholic in order to get their children into a good school. Ah. And, it, and murder and mayhem ensue. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's really good. So I'm doing that before I, before I disappear off uh, um, into uh, in, to New York for uh, three months. And, oh, well, oh, yeah, there's Torchwood as well. I forgot about that. Are you doing Torchwood? <laughs> well, I've, I'm, I'm involved in, in some degree. I don't know exactly what's... I'm, I'm, I don't know uh, if I, you know... I don't know if I've got time to do it all myself. Right. Or, um... Uh, but there's something... I've been working on it a little bit. Right. That's awesome. I didn't know that. I'm excited now. Because they're filming it right now, I, I, so I've heard. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I mean, it's not. I'm not sure exactly what role I'm going to have in it. I'm not appearing in it or anything like that. I mean, I'm not sure what musical role. But you know, it's. Um, <laughs> but but anyway, it's. Um, so definitely like watch it's this. It's going to be really good. Yeah, yeah. I look forward to that. I'll hope yeah. to see your name on on the end of the credits, as I'm sure everybody will. Well, if you've got the time, because obviously you're a very busy chap. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's just hard not to do stuff with when um, when the quality of the writing so good. Yeah, definitely. Because uh, well, I'd I'd love to meet Russell Davies, and I've I've met um, Rob Shearman, and he was saying uh, what a wonderful chap uh, Russell is, and uh, you can't help but be uh, be a little bit scared. I think he said when you first meet him, this massive. Tall Welshman, who's he's, he certainly seems to have a dominating presence. So I've <laughs> yeah, he's quite an imposing fellow, Russell. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's probably. I don't think it's so much the size of his person as the size of his brain. To be honest, yes, very clever. Because he's a yeah, he's a clever. He's. <laughs> I think it kind of goes without saying. So I'm, I don't. I, I think every, everybody's uh, you know probably aware of it from just from his. Uh, his output. Mm, definitely. So thank you ever much... Uh, uh, can't talk. Thank you ever so much, uh, Mr. Gold, for appearing on the show. Um, it's It really has been great to have you here, and uh, I'll, I'm definitely looking forward to, to listening and watching the rest of the new series, as I'm sure everybody else is. And uh, I'll I'll have to touch base again with you sometime in the future perhaps definitely absolutely it's my you're... pleasure James it's been nice talking to you yeah thank you ever so much mate brilliant okay
Hello, Podshock crew. How are you going? It's Chris. And it's Triple B. Your Australian Doctor Who Podshock correspondents. So this time around, we are going to talk about our post-finale thoughts, the uh, Army of Ghosts and Doomsday season finale. First of all, Ashley, Cybermen versus Daleks. Who knew? I know. What a cool concept. (laughs) Did you figure that out? during Army of Ghosts? Did you you have any idea or what? Well, unfortunately, I'd heard... I'd read little snippets online about one of the producers going, you might even see a Dalek, so... Oh, right. Uh, And then in... But you saw in the trailer for Army of Ghosts as well... Yep. ...someone being Dalek eyes. Yes, the distinctive um, sound effect and... And the greens and skeletonisation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it sort of telegraphed it for people who are paying attention. <laughs> and I won't say that I was surprised at all because I kind of figured it from the very beginning when I read the the description for Army of Ghosts where it says the Doctor and Rosa confront the Cybermen and an evil uh, foe from the Doctor's past. You know, what could it be? Who else is it going to be? Exactly. And, if I and was... we hadn't seen them all season. That's right. And if I was writing Doctor Who and I had the opportunity to put Daleks and Cybermen together, I'd take it. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Yeah. But um, do you think that overshadowed the story or was what was the real thrust of the story? No, no. Yeah. I thought it was great. Mm. But what do you think was... Because you had to up last season, which was a heap of Daleks. Sure. So how are you going to up that? Heap of Daleks and heap of Cybermen. Yeah, but what was... Land Smackdown. That's yeah, that's right. But what was the real story of of the of the two parter? Well, I suppose it was the eventual Tata Rose, but yeah. you couldn't do a two parter just like it's better than doing like a little flashbacky thing because that would have been lame. Yeah. Crap. Yeah, and and she, ne- she needed to go out in a big way. Oh yeah, and how mo- much more epic do you get than um, the almost total destruction of not just one universe but two universes exactly and the wrenching apart of two people who are very much in love oh i cried yes so did i i i was on the edge of my seat during the first viewing when she came back and they're both doing the lever thing for the ghost yeah and she starts getting sucked into the void i i sat there with my mouth wide open going oh yeah he can't. He, no. This is too cruel. But um, when Pete warps in and, and takes her away, I, that I was, was such a beautiful moment. It was. It was. It was Rose being saved by her own father, which is something she did for her dad back in Father's Day. Yeah, remember? way back in season one. But it, it wasn't meant to be. But but this this time it was. And it's an inter- with the whole, it's not really being her dad. Yeah. And the like, it's a nice way of looking at sort of love and bonds crossing universes. Yeah. I mean, that Pete and that Jack, he'd never known each other yet. Suddenly they're in love again and they're, they're having children together. That's, and, that's right. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. It, it was meant, you know, if you wanted to look at fate as a deciding factor in our lives, you could just say that... It was meant to be. Yeah. You know, you see Pete trying to rationalise it. You're not my Jackie. 
and and she's standing there going, "How much? How rich are you?" <laughs> you <know? laughs> that was great. And it's just like, oh, look, you're the same woman. I'm the same man. That that to me was the yeah. uh, was the beautiful thing about this episode, this finale was that the the Tyler family got to have a second chance. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it and was very sweet. It, yeah, it really resonated with me because who who doesn't want to 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 have a second chance if things go totally tits up, you know? Well, yeah. And and make a new have life, a new beginning. A new beginning, even though it means the end of a life for Rose. Well, yeah. I was trying to work out: did Rose and Mickey end up back together, or was he just hanging out with the family and living with them? Well, you know, she wasn't... We, we, we see her wake up in a bed, but it's not a shared bed. Well, that's true. But, it, you know, it doesn't necessarily follow that just because you're together that you always share a bed. Uh, yeah. But it is the normal thing. <laughs> um, I, don't, I reckon, you know, he's hanging around... Because he was in the house when she woke up and was telling them about it. That's right. He, he's, he's living there, I would assume, mm. um, seeing as Pete is... Gemini and part of that whole global movement against, well, as in Rise of the Cybermen and the Age of Steel, against yeah. the Lumic Corporation, I'd imagine they've established a sort of a base of operations to fight the cyber menace. Alongside pa- each other. Yeah, yeah. Mm. They've allied and, and that's been a relationship that's been going before Rose enters the picture again. But this is, this is Rose's Mickey who's now got balls of steel. I know. Talk about complete personality change. Yeah. Um, Tough mofo. Yeah, for, for sure. I loved his, um, his, his entry back into the show. And that wasn't oh, that en- was gold. Yeah. And it wasn't entirely unexpected either because you had to figure if the Cybermen from that universe are coming into our universe, then... Yeah, and yeah. they also said on this a little plot outline, they bump into some old faces, yeah. <laughs> some old friends. It's like, well, I wonder who that could be. Yeah, it, it couldn't have been more emotionally satisfying, though. You know, One little niggly point I did have with that was... Yes. She didn't look particularly surprised to see him. Right. She's I, just all like, oh, it's good to see you. Yeah, cool. Yeah. All right. I, like, guess... I don't know if it was because the matter at hand was a bit more pressing... I would, I would imagine that was probably it, yeah. But in the middle of, of this joy, you've got this incredible menace. And, mm. and I love the um, I love the Daleks when the Doctor enters into the picture. You know, oh, Mickey, Mick, Mickey, you know. So, yeah. Social interaction will cease. <laughs> 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 it's like, enough of this, enough of this rubbish. These Daleks have evolved to a ridiculous amount. It was awesome seeing them... Um, with names and this whole cult of Scaro yeah. thing. Yep. What was it Dalek Khan and Dalek Thel or something like that? Yeah. Yep. That was nifty. Yes. Yeah. Um, and they're it becoming adds... slowly more human. Yep. Yeah. They're, well, they're becoming more individualized, and it mm. will. Um, it leads to greater uh, exploration of the Dalek psyche, if you will, in future stories, which there will be because we saw the Black Dalek disappear. Do his little emergency temporal shift or whatever it was. Yes, yes, an emergency temporal shift, which implies it was a time shift, so... Yeah. Where'd it go? Is, Is... 
Is that Dalek now got TARDIS technology inside it? Oh, God. You know what I mean? There's a scary thought. That is a scary thought. <laughs> if, if Daleks can become mini TARDISes, you saw they had the Genesis arc, which was Time Lord technology. What is the plural of TARDIS? <laughs> Tardi, oh, <laughs> tardies, tardies, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that Genesis arc. Did, did were you surprised by what was inside? I was a bit, mm. and I wasn't. It was almost a bit disappointing. Really? Yeah, I don't know. It just because so much was made of it, and then suddenly it was like, oh, more Daleks. Wow, okay. right. I was I personally yeah. and I have chatted about this before, I was yep. personally hanging out for Davros. Sure, sure. It was Davros shaped. <laughs> well yeah. <laughs> it, it but you gotta think in, in a strategic sort of uh, war situation, what good is one crusty little um, chocolate coloured <laughs> Davros gonna do, you know? Yeah. So uh, Hopefully I, he does pop up eventually. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure he will at some stage. It's just, as Russell T Davies says, you know, the master, no plans to bring him back, but if we find a good story, yeah, then we will. It's not, not just going to be thrown in willy-nilly. What I hated about Doctor Who um, in the 80s is that every Dalek story, and actually even it started with Tom Baker with um, uh, Destiny of the Daleks. Okay. Every Dalek story from that point on had Davros in it in some respect. And he didn't, nece- uh, he didn't necessarily bring anything new. It was just a bit... He was just there. He was just there. It was supposed to be the big surprise reveal. Oh, it's Davros again. Again. Um, big whoop. Who cares? Fair enough. Yeah, I, I got really tired of it. So I'm glad, you know, if they do have plans to bring him back that... They're just going to sit on it for a few years. There's plenty, yeah. plenty of other good Dalek stories to tell, probably. And there are how many universes and planets and yeah. non-previous bad guys to have a look at? That's right. Oh, speaking of non-previous bad guys to have a look at, or actually previous bad guys to have a look at, got a rumour for you for the start of Season 3. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Features, yeah. features the return of an, of an old Who villain, and you've probably seen him because you've been exploring Patrick Troughton's era, haven't you? I have been a little bit, yes. Have you seen anything with the Ice Warriors in them? I've been so hanging out for the Ice Warriors. Yes. Have you really? Because I heard that rumour too. Oh. Ah, yes. Yay. It's it's possible that they will feature in the first story for season three. Oh, really? Yes. How awesome is that? That is, you've just made my day. Oh, you know. I've been so hanging out for Ice Warriors since I first saw them. <laughs> yep, yep. Which which story was that one? The, uh... Oh, I don't know what it was called. They're on a base and they're doing transmit. There was lots of foam. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember the exact name either, but... It was um... being, yeah, attacked by lethal soap suds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, the, I mean, the last time we saw Ice Warriors was in John Pertwee's era, um, in the Peladon stories, the oh, monster wow. of Peladon, and yeah, and they were good That's guys. They were, they were good, good guys. They were good guys. Good, good, ah, good guys. Good yes, they were. <laughs> so, let, wow. it'd be interesting to see um, if their allegiances have shifted back to a warlike warrior race, which I'm sure they have. Well, they have to, yeah. Yeah. Now, that 
That brings us to um, the new companion, Martha Jones. Yes. Yes. She's gorgeous. She's very pretty, yes. She's the first black um, companion, aside from Mickey. Yeah. To be the first full-on But he was never an official companion. No, he just took a couple of trips, but... Yeah. um, Not that that has any uh, bearing on anything, but... It's an interesting cultural point to make. Yeah. I just wish they need to get some better names to these companions. It's a very traditional English doubt. Rose, Martha. Sure. Mm. What what are you hoping for? I don't know. Just something... They're just a bit old school for my taste. Well, we did did have a Perpigillium. Well, yeah. You know, (laughs) so... Yeah, and we had a chameleon with a K too. Oh, that's back right. with Peter Davison. And, I and just, these last couple have been a bit, bit plain, bit pommy. Sure, <laughs> that, that's that's that's, but that's fine. Uh, yeah, I, I, he is I, very pommy. Did you find it weird to to see the new companion featured in a different role, and knowing that she was going Ooh. to be a companion? Well, I didn't know when I first saw her. Oh, okay. I didn't sure. find out till after I'd seen Army of Ghosts yep. that she was going to be. Yep. So it made me want to go back and watch it again just to check her out. Okay, yep. Because, I mean, the natural thing to think of is that character is going to be the next companion, yeah. not that actor. It's going to take an episode or two to sort of work over that. Yeah. Now, some people might think that's weird, but... It's not the first time it's happened in Doctor Who. Really? Really. Let's cast, cast our, our minds back to the end of the Key to Time saga. The Armageddon Factor it had a, a character called Princess Astra, played by Lala Ward, who, okay. who ended up being Romana II Romana. Oh. Yes. So it's not the first time in Doctor Who history that a... Um, incidental character has ended up as a main character. Sure. Well, I'm not altogether upset about no, the no. new companion. She, I think she's great. Yes. And what do you think she's going to bring to the Doctor's character or bring to the dynamic? Uh, hopefully she's a bit classier. Sure. <laughs> that was one of my things against Rose. She just kind of got a bit grating in the end. Yeah. Yep. I agreed with Cassandra in New Earth. With oh, yeah. Chav. Yes. Um, I don't know. It just... I haven't heard much about what the character's going to be. Yeah. Whether she's going to be, you know, the sassy one or the intelligent one or... Yeah. Whether she's going to have a sympathetic ear towards him getting over Rose. Because sure. that's going to be a big factor. Yes, I, I agree. And I'm hoping that it's not a romantic interest this time around. No, well, they've done that. That's right, it's been done, and it would get a little old if every new companion that came along was merely a replacement for the last one. Yeah, and it'll make the Doctor look like a big old slut. Big, yeah, the the um, the time-travelling gigolo that is the Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that she can um, be, fulfil that role, like be a confidant to him, but not a romantic interest. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that she challenges the Doctor on several levels. 
That's uh, what I'm, I'm saying. Sure I was hoping for some sort of like really high intelligent thing to sort yeah. of, I don't know, cut the doctor down a couple of pegs. He's been a bit arrogant this past season. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And and what wonder what like time period she's going to come from? Is she going to come from present day? Wow, or... I never thought of that. No, me either until just now. <laughs> so something to consider. Will she have a family arc? Will there be recurring characters in her life? Well, that was saying, I remember reading a review of the last couple of seasons. I was saying that's what made these so strong because Rose did have a base. She did have yeah. a family to go back to. Yeah. And there were repercussions from that. Yes. Yes, that's right. Um, so will we, will we see the same thing happen? Uh, will the Doctor be as willing to enter into well. a sort of... a domestic sort of lifestyle. He may try and be the lone wolf for a while. Yeah. Um, So that's going to be interesting. Will we see Harriet Jones come back? I think so. Yeah? Yeah. Maybe more so in Torchwood? I don't know. I wouldn't... I get a feeling she might pop up there. Yep. That's something I was a little disappointed in season two. That it, it was sort of set up in the Christmas invasion that there would be a bit of enmity between Harriet Jones and the Doctor. Yeah. And that, that I was looking forward to seeing that get explored, but it never she was. She didn't crop up again. Yeah. No, except for that mention when um, Pete takes the Doctor back to his world, and the Doctor says, "Who's the Who's the Prime Minister now? Who's the President?" And, and the piece says, oh, Harry Jones, and he goes, oh, watch her. Yeah. <laughs> Although in the you Christmas know? Invasion, they almost, I mean, they closed her sto- story arc almost with the, you saw her leaving office just about. Yeah. But yeah, there, but... she should have some, you know, she might be out for revenge. That's right. That was not a, convin- that was not a convincing end to yeah. that story to me. It was... It was something that happened, and the whole six words thing. I would have liked to see more of that from the Doctor um, in the season yeah. as well. This really, s- the, the subtlety with which he can um, vanquish a foe. And we just didn't see that so much. We got no. We got more of a, a bombastic sort of um, re- wrathful. Yeah. Well, that's why I liked Doomsday so much. We finally got to see... I just got the impression with most of the season, the Doctor was either very happy and jolly, or he was angry. And that was it. We did see a bit more in Girl in the Fireplace. Yes, yes. But that end, at the end, where he's left in the TARDIS, that was a very nice moment. It was... It was gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, I was I was in tears by the time, um, and watching it the second time, I I haven't seen it a second I, time it, yet. No, it was it was even harder yeah, actually. To, yeah, and it was heart wrenching. Absolutely, I'm glad you didn't get to and say then, it. Yeah. yeah, me too, me too, um, because that just hammers home the tragedy of that yeah. that character even more. The music in oh, this yeah. two-parter was absolutely outstanding. I there thought. were a lot of similarities with that because it was the same composer as Bad Wolf and Parting of the Ways from last season. It was the same composer. Yes. Yeah, Murray and Gold, there yeah. were so many similarities, which I really liked. 
because yeah, I th- love that. Yeah, thematic similarities. Because mm. I actually had yeah. to ask at one point, were we listening to the same music? But yeah. I was corrected yeah. on that. Well, this time around, he's been given an orchestra yeah. to play with, so he's been able to do more. And, and I mean, that's a... That's just, that's how modern filmmaking and and television is. You've got themes for characters, themes for situations, little um, snippets come back every now and then, like the song for yeah. ten. Yeah, oh, song for ten. We saw in the Christmas Invasion. We heard snippets of that in in certain episodes. So yeah, that's a very satisfying thing on an entire an entirely artistic yeah. level to hear oh, those I totally themes. Agree. Yeah, and we'll talk about more about this later, but we will get to purchase this music soon because um, there's going to be a soundtrack Ooh, released very soon. Yeah, absolutely. Lovely. I have a question for you. Uh, yes, What was your what? opinion on the appearance of Christine Tate at the end? Thumbs up or I thumbs have down? Had no, I've had no prior exposure to Christine Tate, so I don't come with any of the baggage that other people well, I have. I mean, I have, have no idea she is. Me, me either, but apparently she's a very famous um, comedian oh, from the UK. Okay. So what I've read on some forums, you know, some fans outraged, or, you know, not... It's the same thing with Billy Piper, all those preconceived notions and baggage that you have because you, people tend to pigeonhole yeah. people into one space and say they can only do this one thing and they have an opinion about them because of that thing. They, they don't allow that to expand because what we're looking at here are people who are actors and actors are supposed to be able to transform themselves. But did you think the appearance of just anyone at the end ruined the moment? Or... No, it it distracted me a a little from my own emotional response which was good and I needed that. I I couldn't have left that... it, It would have been too harsh to have left it with the doctor circling his empty TARDIS in tears. He needed something to distract him and I needed something to distract me. And I had no idea it was coming. No, 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 no. It was just another pleasant surprise (laughs) in in an overall extremely satisfying two-week period of Doctor Who. I think Russell T should just write final episodes. They're just the strongest by far. (laughs) Absolutely, I agree. This is probably his strongest effort to date. Yeah. Um, I mean, The Parting of the Ways and Bad Wolf was great, um, but th- this ended the journey for two people, not just a doctor. Yeah. Mm. And left us with a clean slate for season three. So the whole show has to sort of reinvent itself yeah. in a way, which is what it's always done, which is why it's lasted so exactly. long. Exactly. So, very quickly, we're going to wrap it up um, in a moment. Any final thoughts on the season finale, or is no, that? No, I think I've said my part. I yeah. Yeah. It was great, and I'm just yeah, sad that we have absolutely. to wait so long again to see any more. <laughs> Although it's only I think 11 weeks till Torchwood now. Yeah, not long no. till Torchwood. So at least we'll have something to talk about, and the Christmas special, The Runaway Bride. <laughs> Interesting title. Uh, Rip off a Julia Roberts. It's a great title. Romantic comedy. <laughs> yeah, but you know that appearance of the bride in the TARDIS immediately sets up a whole bunch of questions that we can speculate about for months and months and months until, until we, we see the episode. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, oh, look, and who predicted Rose's departure at the end of season two? Who was, was it? it? <laughs> yes, it was me. Thank you. In our last segment, I predicted you did that. Too. Then the BBC. Re- I did, and then the BBC released a statement saying, "Oh no, no, Rose uh, Billy Piper signed on for season three. Oh, that was just so, so damn confusing. She's staying. No, she's going. No, she'll be here in cameos. No, exactly. Boo. So I leave you with this: Can we trust BBC press releases from now on? No. Will we before? No, no we can't. <laughs> it's a press release. No, no. <laughs> that's right. It's them telling you what to think at Pretty any much. given point in time, but. When you think about it dramatically and in a storytelling sort of mind, this was the only way season two could have ended. Yep. Um, Unless she had signed on for season three and then it would have had to have ended with the apparent death of Rose Tyler to leave it on a huge cliffhanger. Goddamn cliffhanger. Yeah. So I've got a question for you. This isn't necessarily related to the finale. Let's let's say as a given that they were the two outstanding yep. episodes of the season. What other than those two, what episode, single episode, was your absolute favourite out Girl of the entire series? Planets. Yep. I concur. That's right. Yep. An extremely well put together story. What what did you love about oh, it? Oh, I loved everything. I mean, like I've said, mm-hmm. you saw more depth to the Doctor. It was. An interesting yep. bad guy. Sophia Miles is gorgeous. We got to see Rose mm. be a bit jealous. Yeah. Mickey's first yeah. journey in the TARDIS. I, I loved his dialogue when he looks out the, the porthole into space. He goes, it's so realistic, <laughs> you know. <laughs> He's so used to looking at space yeah, probably yeah. in video games and that oh, sort of Mickey's thing. Mickey's a lovely chap. Um, I'm going to miss him. Yeah. Yeah. The, the 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 absolute heroism the doctor exhibits by jumping through the, <laughs> the extremities the window yeah. on the horse only in Doctor yeah. Who oh, did you see that yeah I have have to agree I cannot wait for the next script from um, uh, Stephen Moffat oh I've been a big Stephen Moffat fan for a long time because he wrote Coupling yeah as of I with as Press well. Gang and Coupling oh, yes press and Press cool. yeah and Press Gang mm. so cool. yeah. Okay. I'm glad to see we're aligned in that. And uh, if you Podshock listeners out there have got any thoughts and opinions on on our infrequent but amazingly excellent segments, please... Yes, please write in. I'm chris at gallifreyandembassy.org and triple B is triple B at coolshite.net. And uh, we're on loan from (laughs) Coolshite. (laughs) You have to take us back within three weeks or you get a fine. That's right. So thank you, uh, Ken, Lewis and James, and thank you to all you Podshock listeners out there. We'll be back. We'll be back sometime soon with something. No, I don't know. Well, not the next Christmas of age. What am I talking about? I'm hoping to get... Christmas special. (laughs) (laughs) The next Christmas special. We can only hope. Anyway, we'll wrap it up now. Thanks. Thank you, Chris. Ashley, Triple B. As always, you are my one and only companion that would travel with me in a TARDIS if I had one. (laughs) (laughs) On a setting of (laughs) vibration three. Okay.
All right. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, guys. We'll see you Bye. next time. Are you looking for a podcast that has a bit of everything? Reviews, opinions, interviews, and wide-ranging topics? Well, I have the podcast for you. Come in and listen to Ramble with Russell at ramblingrus.libsyn.com. I have a wide range of topics and a wide range of guests. If you're looking for a little bit something different and some variety and a lot of fun, please come and listen to my podcast. Doctor Who, Podshock, Ken Deep, alongside Mr. Lewis Trapani, and now joining us, our friend in the north, Mr. Russell Hale. All the way from Canada. It's Russell. from Canada. Yes, Yes. good to be back on the show with you folks after my little brief appearance in the end of that one last episode. (laughs) Making a a cameo. Yes. That was our anniversary show, so you were lucky to get in on it. Yes, I I (laughs) consider myself very fortunate indeed. Well, this time... This time out, we're in the feedback section, and you're joining us through the uh, the entire feedback portion of the program. Let's let's get the ball rolling right off the bat because there's a lot to be covered. Yeah, so what do, do we have first, Lewis? Well, uh, as I promised, we haven't heard the last of James, even though he's not <laughs> here with us live in person. James did s- use the Podshock public call box to send in his. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't take. want to know what he did in the pod shock public. Yeah, box. does that get clean regularly? <laughs> well, I knowing James, I'm sure he was very tidy and left the pod shock public call box just the way he found it. A mess, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, James is um, on holiday, as we explained earlier, and he's not with us, unfortunately, for our recording, but he did uh, chime in through the po- public pod. Oh, forget it. Um, he did chime in via voice, um, via the phone, that thing that you guys use, you know, to call one another. Gotcha. Right. <laughs> so this is what James had to say, and I think this is his take on Doomsday. Hello, Kenneth Lewis. It is Jane calling from sunny Georgia. I'm in the USA now, uh, and I'm missing you guys terribly. I'm sorry uh, I missed uh, the last pod shock, for those of you uh, who noticed my absence. Um, but I'll be back on in a few short weeks. I just thought that I would uh, call you guys up and uh, say hello. And uh, I, Well, first off, I'd like to say thank you to all the listeners who have offered to send me Doomsday. Uh, I have now seen the episode, and uh, so I thought I'd call up the uh, public call box here and uh, give a few thoughts on it. First off, what a fantastic episode. Uh, I was, well, 
it, what a terrific finale. First of all, the music was just terrific. Murray Gold did a, an amazing job, as always. Uh, I loved the music at the end. Um, really an emotional episode. Uh, I, I must confess that I did actually uh, cry like a baby, but hey, I guess it's to be expected. You, you can't be a uh, hardcore Doctor Who fan and not cry like a baby at things like that, and it's always sad when a companion that you uh, love so dearly uh, leaves the show, uh, but it was very tastefully done. Um, lots of people's theories were kind of uh, confirmed because um, there was all sorts of uh, different opinions and ideas about how Rose would leave the show. Uh, I loved the whole idea of the Genesis arc. Uh, in that it used TARDIS technology. It was bigger on the inside than on the outside. Uh, just a really intelligently scripted show. Well, as all Doctor Who is. Um, but there we are. I just thought I'd uh, drop in and say hi to you guys and let you know what I thought about it. But there we are. So I'll check you guys later. Bye for now. It's good to have James back on the show. Yeah, that was nice yes. to hear from him. I, I've seen him on and off on Skype, and I had really a good chinwag with him in quite some time. So, um, yeah, it was good to get his feedback on uh, Doomsday. Unfortunately, the call came in after we had recorded our uh, show last week where we reviewed feet, uh, Doomsday. So Right. Now, I, didn't, I meant to, didn't make any time there. I meant to come on that show, but my other duties with my podcast prevented me from getting back home in time, unfortunately, mm -hmm. that week. Yeah, so um, I, I don't know if you have anything that you wanted to add, Russell, as far as um, since you weren't here last, last time for Doomsday on your initial take on the, on the episode, the season finale. I thought it was a terrific episode. I, I really liked it. The first viewing of it, I was really on the edge of my seat with that one. That, that, had, that had my heart racing. When Rose was holding on to that handle... As everybody, we all thought, I thought she was going. I really thought for a few seconds there that they were really going to send her to literal hell. Yeah, they were definitely playing with the audience there. Yeah, yeah. and so I, I, yeah, definite great season finale, although everybody argues up the last few seconds with Miss Tate were kind of strange, but... Well, it's it depends because there seems to be a um, either a love or hate reaction with Catherine Tate. Either you know we're getting you know responses from listeners. Either you know they're worried and they 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 really um, she's irritating and they don't like her, and <laughs> others they just love her and they can't wait. So um, I've seen a couple of her shows and actually maybe one and a half episodes of the Catherine Tate show. <laughs> well, I'm just being honest. I yeah. I. I, I I don't know. I, I, I haven't really formulated an opinion yet. Um, some of the characters, some of the skits are funny and some aren't. Yeah, so, I mean, so I, after seeing that at the end of the, end of the episode, I went on the internet and by other means had us looking at some of some of her shows. And yeah, she reminds me of a Tracy Ullman. Yeah, it's very much same in, vein. in that vein. Yeah. And, and if you have BBC America, it's her show's on BBC America. That's where I'm catching it. Um, it's if you have it on satellite or... Oh, well, actually, you're in Canada, so I don't... Yeah, I it might be on BBC you... America. I haven't checked my schedule. I know I get that channel. One of the many channels I pay for but don't always watch. Oh, I wasn't sure if... Um, 
Well, I, I guess technically uh, it's North America, the Canada. So why not BBC America? Sure. BBC North America. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's in the lineup. Uh, I, I just did a quick search through the internet and found some clips of her show, and I just as soon as I saw her, I thought, oh, she's doing Tracy Ullman's bit, the multi-character yeah. comedy. It's just missing show. the Simpsons in between. Yeah. I was just gonna say the only thing I'm missing is the Simpsons. Yeah, and it's all Brit and no Yanks. So it's it, but if it's the same sort of comedy style of multi-impersonating characters, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But we don't know how she's going to play the role of Donna. Uh, I mean, we only saw a, a few, you know. <laughs> well, I, I noticed that b- based on what uh, Colin had told me about her humor, and how I haven't seen any of her uh, show, mm-hmm. um, it seemed that almost David Tennant was doing her style a little bit in that brief segment where he kept re- saying, what, 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 like, you know, this, this sort of repeating the same thing over and over again? Uh, am I off yeah, base the, on that? Well, I, I mean, the scene itself, I mean, there's really very little... I mean, I think they, they did they did play off each other very well, Where, but there's... I mean, it's only so much you could, you, you had room to work with yeah, in that very, context very because part. both of them are very surprised by the other. Right. You know? So... Um, you know, but I, I'm keeping an open mind, and uh, we'll we'll find out in um, how many days is it? Let's check our site. <laughs> <laughs> we have a what, runaway countdown on, on our site. So we have, um, where is it? There it is. We have, a, at this time of the recording here, 154 more days wow. until oh. Doctor Who, the runaway brown. That's all? Oh, right around the corner. You know, and, and unfortunately, it, it soon will be. Unfortunately, the consolation for us North American blokes is that means, oh, that means summer is going to be done. We're in the thick of winter again. <laughs> yes, but we'll be in the middle of Torchwood at that time. So. Ah, yes, well, that'll be good. That's the only part about I not look forward to is I'm enjoying summer, except for the bugs. You kill the bugs, and summer's great. Well, maybe coming to the close of Torchwood, if there's there's um someone had posted on our site that TV.com or some site similar to that nature, similar to I'm not sure if that's the URL or not, but had reported that uh, Torchwood is slated for October 2nd, but that's take that with a grain of salt. All we know officially is that it's October. If it, it is, could be Halloween if, for If it now. is October 2nd, that'd be a weird coincidence, and that will be the first date that CBC will air Series 2, New Earth. That's a weird timing if they actually do that. that, uh, that that's when the CBC airs New Earth? Yeah. Well, it's, and, well, yeah. it's interesting that uh, Sci-Fi Channel and BBC... The series one in the United States and series two in Britain were pretty close within a couple of weeks of each other as far as starting. You know? So it's um, mm-hmm. it, they seem to follow certain patterns. Yeah. Okay. Let's get move on to the next piece of feedback, please, Mr. Lewis. Okay. Well, um, we have a comment from one of our regular callers that leaves feedback with us. Scott McCallan um, called in and uh, had this to say. Hey guys, this is D Scott seven fifty, Scott McCallan from the of course again. Uh I've got several things to report. First of all, I've watched my Doctor Who box set of Crystal Christopher Eccleston for the oh, second time now and love it even more. And I do agree with you guys Daleks should have Daleks should have been a two parter. excellent. One of my favorites. Actually it's actually one of my favorite episodes there. Next, I saw Army of Ghosts, and with the head of Torchwood, she had a little bit too much caffeine there, applauding and cheering and all that jazz. I think it was kind of funny that, he, that the doctor pulled out uh, 
Jackie instead of Rose. That was that was excellent. I think I rolled most of all. And next up, I have recruited somebody from Brazil. That's right. Some gal I've been chatting with in Brazil. Erica, a very cute gal. She's watching the first season there. I even sent her the link to the Frapper map, so she should be putting her face in there soon. But once again, just calling to say how much I love my Eccleston box set, and um, I can't wait till Doomsday. And for this box, and of course, the uh, Tennis box set to come out. Once again, D-Scott 750. Ciao! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's great that uh, that now we have um, Series 1 available in that box set here. Uh, worldwide now, pretty much, or should we say, we know that it's in Canada, the U.S. Uh, England, uh, uh, UK. UK, Australia, so that it it's out there. Yeah. And, and it's quite a collection, so... Yeah, it is. Uh, I've actually... And you know what? I've been I've been asking people, you know, getting some friends who who I know are into the show or have been mild Doctor Who fans over the years to go out and pick it up and just say, just if you ever trusted me, trust me on this, and they have done. I have two friends who've bought the box set sight unseen. Uh, one person I I spoke with just this morning who said they're up to um, uh, Aliens of London and are just in eating the series up, just really enjoying it. So. Yeah, they did a good job on the box sets, um, you know, production-wise and quality-wise and commentaries and extra materials and all the confidentials, even though they're the cut-down versions, um, a good package all around. Yeah, it is. I mean, interesting enough, too, I was just speaking to uh, Anka uh, earlier today, mm-hmm. who is a listener of our podcast, my podcast, uh, The WhoCast. She's a real good podcast listener. And mm-hmm. she has heard rumor that the first series set in Germany will be coming out in Germany very soon, too. Yeah, we're probably going to be hearing from Christian, our quasi-German... Like we haven't officially made him our German <laughs> correspondent, but he's pretty much our German, uh, Germany correspondent now. So um, I'm sure he'll... If he's listening, Christian, um, let us know what's going on in Germany in reference to Doctor Who and um, give us an update. Yeah, it is a good save. See, so you, you when did you uh, did you pick yours up on July fourth? Then Ken, right when it came out? Yes. Ah. Yeah, I did. Um, I he celebrated the independence of America from Britain by <laughs> yeah, picking up <laughs> by picking up their number one export. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, we went to war uh, some two hundred plus years ago because of no taxation without <laughs> representation. And to be honest with you, if the founding fathers would have seen it with representation, they would have stuck it out with the king. <laughs> yeah, then you too could have had a governor general at this point. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe we would have got series one a lot sooner. Yeah, it's possible. You know, the king would have made sure our television was up to snuff. <laughs> Alrighty, well, um, we're going to move on with our feedback. We have, um, um, and forgive me if I'm getting your name wrong, it's kind of hard to discern. It's either uh, Latin, Leighton or Lee or in Chicago. Uh, he had sent yeah, I think in, it's Leighton, isn't it? It's Leighton, I believe, but it's, it's hard to hear. Uh, anyway, he had sent in this audio feedback um, actually uh, while we were having little problems with our server, but that's all behind us now so um but this is what he had to say and once again he's from chicago hey 
Hey, this is Leighton in Chicago. Um, probably not the best kind of feedback, but I went to the site at about 8.30 p.m. Central Time on Thursday night, and uh, we're getting some kind of Visa Web and Net Services account suspended message. Um, thought I'd let you know. You probably already know about it, but I figured, what the heck, this is as good a time as any to try out that For Who public call box. I've never called it before. I've got Vonage or Vonage, so I'm hoping that uh, it'll be free. So if it is, then who knows, maybe I'll call more often. Um, also, I really liked the uh, enhanced podcast image with, uh, of the uh, Absorbalox thing with the, the uh, mystery machine in the background. Nice touch for the, uh, the Scooby-Doo-related uh, discussion. I Personally, I did like that Love and Monsters, but I think the, uh, the wide spectrum of opinion was, uh, was really interesting. So anyway, thanks. Bye. Yeah, I'll well, tell you, it was very, it was a very polarizing oh, episode. Oh, Either loved it or hated it. You know, it was very interesting because um, it, it was very enjoyable to do because of the differences. Um, everyone on the show um, had a different take on Love and Monsters, and um, so it was good to have a varied um, palette of um, different opinions. You know, yeah, um, it, well, some of the criticism that we've received over the year of do, the last year of doing Podshock is that sometimes our opinions are a little too close. Uh, but we're all Doctor Who fans, and we're all really excited that the show is back. So it's tough to be—it's tough, and it's rare that we're very critical of of the new Doctor Who because we're really enjoying it, and it is really setting quite a high standard. But um, you know, as Lou pointed out, you know, he, Lewis felt that that one wasn't up to the standard. So, uh, but overall, I, you know, we, we think that the. Uh, the new show is is you know, really setting a high watermark. Yeah, and and again, we we don't mean um and and by putting in those Scooby Doo references, <laughs> if you did enjoy the episode, we it wasn't meant to insult you. We were just having fun with the cartoon um, atmosphere of that episode. So it was you know don't take offense over that. That wasn't intended, uh you know to insult our listeners. It was intended just to have fun with it. And they had fun with this episode and we had fun with our podcast. Yeah, it was funny. When I, when I, I think I discussed this episode on the WhoCast and I only gave it a two. And you guys have probably never ever heard me give a two before. But I gave that episode well, a two. that's twice as much than what I gave I it. know. <laughs> I was trying to be generous. But we did have a two. We, I, it, that show, that, 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 that podcast, we had the full spectrum, except for zero wasn't represented, but one through five was uh, represented by everyone on the show. It's actually funny. Raymond from the WhoCast gave it a zero. Yeah, so we could have had <laughs> Raymond on, and that would have rounded off the, <laughs> the ratings there. We'll have to have Raymond on sometime. He's, 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 well, everybody loves Raymond. Oh, well, he's a, he's <laughs> a fun right. bloke, although he's a hard guy to catch, and Paul Wilson will attest to that. He's a moving target? He's, he's a busy man. He's not always hard to get on, easy to get online. Paul's had I his... can relate to that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, so what's our next piece of feedback, well, um This person, unfortunately, did not leave his, or leave his name in the public call box, so I'm not sure uh, who he is. Mr. But Anonymous. you recognize his voice? We might recognize his voice. I have a suspicion who it might be, but I don't know <laughs> for sure. Yeah, <laughs> It could be one of our regular callers. You know, I think the the best uh, and most disturbing part of Colin's suggestion that um, that the doctor's new companion be basically the corpse of the uh, of the woman from uh, Army of Ghosts, and it, is that I can picture Tennant doing that. Can't you just see him running around the TARDIS, and grabbing you know, weekend at Bernie's like this uh, this 
dead woman and say, hey, how you doing, doctor? And he's like, oh, brilliant. Um, I certainly Chris Frackleton couldn't have pulled it off, but um, it's almost unnatural for Tennant. So who knows? Maybe down the road he can have a dead companion. Well, there you go. Ta-da. Oh. I, I honestly don't think that, that he was commenting dead. on Colin yeah. was goofing in that last <laughs> podcast about um, you know the, the original character that um, that Freemer Adjamin plays is um, what was her name again? De- began with T. Adela. 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 Something like that. I don't know. Can't remember. Now uh, there's there's some speculation that the that the character that we saw in Torchwood in Army of Ghosts, is connected with the new companion. And there was some mm. some um, some scuttlebutt about that on twin the Twin sister? I mean, Martha Jones is the... So, you have a twin <laughs> sister. <laughs> I mean, it could be a married name. Yeah. And, well, we never got to hear... We didn't know the um, Army of Ghosts' last name character's last no, name. No, she had very few lines, really. Yeah. So, I mean, if if the doctor did have a dead companion, it just reminds me of a Robin Hitchcock Hitchcock song, um, "My Wife and My Dead Wife." If you ever, oh, if you're a Robin Hitchcock fan, <laughs> now Podshockers will be looking that friendly on the internet. Yeah, <laughs> be, be commenting on Robin. It's Hitchcock. a good song, by the way. Um, and if you're, and, and it kind of brings us back to full circle with um, earlier we spoke about the death of Sid Barrett, and um, Sid Barrett is a great influence on Robin Hitchcock. And, Huge influence um, on him. And I'm sure Robin Hitchcock is a Doctor Who fan as well. We'll have to ask him someday. Sure, well, we will. <laughs> so, what else do we have in feedback? Okay, rounding out feedback, let's see. Um, we, we do get a lot of feedback, and uh, we get this, a lot of feedback. Yeah, and. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to get to all of it, so um, um, but we will eventually. And um, even if I, who are I you may- kidding? Louis? <laughs> we have we have feedback going back to December. Well, we I, I may have to like put out some aftershock episodes just to get some of the feedback out of the way. But we're having um, you know between email and postings to our websites and um, well, we, we, no. In all honesty, Lewis was beyond extremely busy with with all this stuff. But yeah. Uh, you know, Bob, Tim, Tim, uh, Tim Grogan, legendary oh, yeah, uh, Cardinal of the Gallifrey Embassy, uh, sent in his thoughts on Army of Ghosts and, and Doomsday. Michael, Chris, Emily, uh, Bob, Jeff, Sean. I mean, the list goes on and on. Julie, Sydney, Mike, Colin, uh, Trevor, Felix, uh, Philip, Sal the Ref, uh, <laughs> Ken. Ken, I like that name, Ken. Trevor, Jill, uh, I mean, Sue, um, the Jim Ashley sent in stuff. I mean, just the, I have. I'm looking through my my thing. And that was just July. What? Yeah, yeah. We we've gotten a lot, and we also accumulated. A lot of people have done audio submissions, reviews of stories, and um, even I know firsthand right here with us, Russell. Mm-hmm. You have sent in um, some segments that have yet to be uh, aired on our show. So uh, all in time, they'll we'll we'll get to them. And now that. You know the the crunch time of reviewing both the Christopher Eccleston series and and the David Tennant series, where we're doing it, you know, um, right on top of each other, is over. You know, the series three, I'm sorry, series two, or the 2006 series has concluded, and uh, now we can take a little uh, deep breath and um, a little breather, a little breather. Her, her, um, Hervé Villachez. Yes. <laughs> the plane. Hey, a little airplane, airplane reference. Airplane reference. <laughs> 
So we'll we'll be able to get to that. Plus, we're going to – a lot of DVDs came out during that time. Well, not a lot, but a few that we haven't reviewed. We'll get to those. And um, plus, there's plenty of other DVDs that we have yet to re- review, and we'll get to those as well. And there's plenty of big finished stuff. And, well, we can go on and on and on. We'll, we'll, there's a lot of Doctor Who material out there. And just because um, the 2006 series is over and, and Sci-Fi Channel is no longer, you know, finished their 2005 series, there's still lots of material to cover. And in future Podshocks, we will. There's interviews and whatnot. Next week, we hope to do a, um, a roundtable discussion on, uh, on um, reviewing all of series of, of this. The overall Yeah, of series 2006. Yeah, and I yeah. hope I can uh, join you guys for that. Uh, next where week. we're going to invite you once we know exactly when we're recording. Good. That's perfect. So, um, we have um, another piece of feedback here. This is West. West has uh, sent in feedback before. He's West is from Geek Week, and um, he's uh, his first piece of feedback was in video form when he did um, a little homage to Podshock with a uh, TARDIS appearing and disappearing and um, he sent in other audio reviews and, and written emails before, and um, his, this is his latest um, piece of feedback, which came in some time ago. We just haven't gotten to it yet. Hello, everyone. This is Wes from Geek Week, uh, chiming in with a review of a couple of things. First of all, I would like to talk about my current favorite doctor there are so many but i get through phases where i like one more than the other and watch a lot of their episodes right now i'm going through colin baker again and you know i didn't like him a whole lot when i was younger but now that i'm older and more wise i can see some nuances in his performance that weren't there when i was a kid Uh, i grew up in you know i guess they call it the west georgia area of georgia and um the local pbs station channel eight showed Doctor Who on Saturday nights at 10 o'clock, sometimes 10.30, and they'd show the little omnibus edition where it's the whole thing edited together and not the little four-part series, which I didn't see until recently. Um, and they went through Colin Baker much like they went through everybody else, and um, when they first started showing Colin Baker, they had just hired Sylvester McCoy to play the Doctor. Actually, the I think the second episode they showed of Colin Baker was the same night they were doing a traveling roadshow of Doctor Who. It was like an exhibit. It was like a tractor trailer you went into that had props and such from the thing. And they had a couple of the actors and John Nathan Turner were there to answer questions. Uh, John Pertwee was there. It was one of the last times I ever got to see him because he passed away, you know. Of course, this was probably about 87, 86, 87. So, yeah, it was another 10 years before he passed away. But... Um, he was there, John Nathan Turner was there, and they had just hired Sylvester not two days before. They hired him and they hopped on a plane and flew to Atlanta, Georgia. So we got to meet Sylvester before he was even the doctor, or had portrayed the doctor. And um, I remember him being in the little question and answer session. You know, he didn't know a whole lot about what he was going to do with the role, and people asked him about his costume, and they hadn't even discussed it. But he had his hat on, the one that was in the show. He was wearing it, and he had a leather jacket and, you know, some jeans and such, and he just kind of tipped his hat and rolled it down his arm and flipped it back on there and just kind of said, I don't know, there are possibilities. So that was neat, but I digress because I was talking about Colin Baker. It was just an anecdote. Sorry about that. If listeners of my podcast will know that I ramble a little bit. Um, but Colin Baker, I think... 
just didn't get a chance to, to show what he could do. He was starting to get better, but his scripts to me weren't that great. Uh, he had some classic stories, uh, the two doctors being one of my favorites, just because it has him and um, um, per, uh, Patrick Troughton, excuse me. And uh, they really work well together. And I kind of like Patrick Troughton's episodes, the ones that you can see, that is. And um, you know, just a really great actor mixing with another fairly good actor and creating a couple of good hours of sci-fi. I mean, you know, all things aside, I think Colin's first season wasn't bad. His Dalek episode was fantastic, and it's about to hit DVDs, from what I understand. Uh, the Trial of a Time Lord, I think, was bad simply because of the writing. It didn't have anything to do with Colin Baker. The first story was pretty strong, and so was the second story, but once you got to that Terror of the Vervoids and the Ultimate Foe, it was just kind of, I agree with your someone who wrote in about the Ultimate Foe in your podcast recently that it just wasn't that good, and it had a really bad ending. If you go to the Brief History of Time Travel website and read about the Trial of a Time Lord and the original ideas, it sounds like they just dropped the ball and should have gone they originally had planned. Um, of course, some of that has to do with the fact that Robert Holmes, one of the greatest script writers from Doctor Who history, was sick and pretty much on his deathbed at the time he was writing this, and they had to rewrite a bunch of stuff. But, um, you know... Doctor Who kind of fell by the wayside for me once it got canceled and PBS quit showing it. And then recently, with the resurgence of the new series, uh, I've gotten back into it again like most people. And I'm turning back into a pretty rabid fan, I would say. That's why I was glad to hear about Podshock and um, you know, Podcast Who as well. Great, great podcast and got me into wanting to do my own. And you know, I didn't want to copy you guys, so I went on my own track. But I think you guys are great. I love listening to you guys. Uh, Ken and Lewis and James. Uh, it's exciting to turn on my iTunes and there's a new download from Podshock. I just uh, I devour it within minutes. Um, I just want to tell you guys that you're doing a great job and uh, I hope to hear from you a long time. You guys are great. Thank you very much. Alrighty. All right, that was a good piece of feedback. Yeah, thank you, Wes, and I'm um, sorry for not getting this on sooner. We, you were actually um, supposed to be in last week's podcast, but um, we ran out of time, as we often do many times. So as I said, we try to get to our, our feedbacks, and um, eventually we'll get to them, let's hope. But um, yeah, I have to say, I'm a Colin Baker fan as well. I really enjoy him as the Doctor, and he does get a, um, a bad, bad rap. rap at times, but yeah. it's, it's not due to his own fault, I don't believe. I, I, there are a lot of forces outside of what you saw on screen that was working against him in the series at that time that he was up against. And um, if you recall, or if you, if you were around at that time, or if you weren't, uh, you should know that um, the series was put on hiatus for like 16 months, and then it came back, and... Um, they had to write it so that it was less, you know, violent and more, you know, um, more kid friendly. Yeah. yeah, it was just uh, there was. I mean, there's really too much to really go into it right here and now. That's uh, that's that will take up a whole podcast in <laughs> itself. <laughs> yeah. But there there is some good Colin Baker stuff out there, and a lot of people enjoy his Big Finish material. And that's I, really where he gets a chance to excel. Yeah, well, I, I agree. I think totally. If he was given the chance at the time, I think he would have excelled even back, you know, actually, in the, the in the late eighties. The same thing goes for McCoy because mm -hmm. I I enjoy, uh, although I wasn't uh, a, a fan of his era when when I got a chance to uh, listen to some of his Big Finish material, I really enjoyed it. And and, and again, 
just, I think the same thing went for Colin Baker. I think the yeah. outside forces working against them. Uh, Lewis has always been someone who really uh, uh, has enjoyed Colin Baker's performance as Doctor Who. I, I, um, I fluctuate. Uh, when uh, initially seeing him, I wasn't. I was used to the Doctor being um, charming and likable, and I think Colin Baker, you know, his approach to it was so different, and mm. I, I didn't come to appreciate that till years later. Um, and now well, they always do that after when a new doctor comes in they try well at least John Nathan Turner at that time was trying to do that you know Peter Davison was very much in contrast to Tom Baker you know and, and they went with a whole different feel for the doctor and how and his attitude and then when Peter Davison left they had to again get a contrasting right. uh, character of the doctor and um, and Colin Baker really fit the bill there and uh, he he did have that crotchiness and touchiness that he brought back from Hartnell, um, which which I liked. But I think he was softening up. And if given time, you would have seen his character develop even further. Uh, I mean, Colin Baker at that time had intentions of of growing the character, and um, but he just really wasn't given the opportunity at that time to do so. Uh, I think if if it was given its natural progression, if if the, if outside influences didn't interfere, uh, we would have seen the Doctor mature and 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 getting better, gotten better over time. And maybe those that didn't like him at first would have a change of an opinion if he was given that opportunity. Yeah, like I agree totally with the Big Finish stuff. I mean, uh, the most recent Big Finish I've listened to, I listened to Night Thoughts with McCoy, and that was a great one. And even. Um, the one with um, Colin Baker was a nice little lighthearted episode. Mm-hmm. And I think I agree with you guys totally. Those big finishes, really, McCoy and, and Baker, Colin Baker get to shine and maybe do, they're like the lost seasons of their doctors. Episodes yeah. they could have done, but the BBC at the time didn't give them a chance to do. So I think it's And of tr- course, the same goes with Paul McGann, where he wasn't given an opportunity to do anything outside of the TV movies. So basically, his whole doctor's. Rain is in the big Finnish audios. Yeah, so and and I I think that's the great thing about audio is they can, all the actors can still do the voice that portrays enough in the character, so it, it gets it across and they can still keep with the role. So I applaud all of them for really keeping that up. Mm-hmm. I mean that's what's kept Doctor Who alive between '96 and today, and you know is probably responsible for why we have a new series. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, um, absolutely. And hats off to Big Finish and the audio for, for doing that. Um, you know, we're, we're obviously on our website and on our podcast, we're constantly reviewing Big Finish audios, and, um, you know, we have great respect and, for and them. And hold them in high praise, of course. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're, we're critical of them content-wise. If we don't like something, we'll say it. But, but overall, just like with the new series that's airing, uh, you know, with Russell T. Davies as... Uh, as the head writer, you know, we're glad to have them. I mean, and they, you know, and obviously Doctor Who on television is Doctor Who, period. Oh, exactly. Uh, but Big Finish, to me, is just as much Doctor Who. Oh, yeah, exactly. I've, uh, I've, had, I've only had a chance to listen to a few because I just don't have the time, but, mm. <laughs> ironically. But, but yeah, it's, they're, they're like high-quality radio plays, high-quality yeah. audio dramatizations. And, you know, mm-hmm. if, if, you know, what more can you ask for if you can't, see episodes on TV, you know? Absolutely. Well, 
Um, it's that time. We're going to wrap things up here at Dr. Hupachak. I just want to remind our listeners, if you want to send us feedback, um, you can do so by sending it to feedback at pachak.net or call our public uh, our Pachak public call box, and that's uh, 206-888-4WHO, and that translates to 206 888 Four nine four six. That's a U.S. phone number. And also, I now have uh, an official address for the podcast too that people can email me at. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, um, Russell at CaliforniaEmbassy.org. And, and Russell, why don't you give a shout out for your pod, your podcast as well, where people can find that? Thank you. Yeah, my podcast address. It's Rambling Russ. No W's. R I M B L I N G Russ. Dot Lipsin. Dot com. That's Rambling with Russ. Rambling with Russell, right. Okay. Sorry, Rambling with Russell. Yeah, and, and, uh, and I have 11 episodes in the can at the time of this recording. I will hopefully getting the great. 12th one done tonight uh, with give a preview for everybody. I don't know the book review yet. I have to decide on that, but I will. And my guests will be uh, two local people who run my local movie theater. And I, I sat down with them yesterday, which was Saturday, time of the recording, and had a nice little discussion about the movie business. So, and I also wanted to say, uh, keep up the feedback to Sci-Fi Channel and SciFiChannel.com uh, with either letters or emails uh, asking when are we going to get Series Two here in the United States? And also a quick shameless plug, please, for the <laughs> um, the Pod the Pod Shock U.S. and U.K. store to buy your swag. Uh, being, I'm looking at Lewis's <laughs> shirt, and it does look rather snappy. Um, I think he's going to get a few groupies if he puts a picture of uh, of himself in that, no, no, that no. shirt. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> yeah, it could happen. <laughs> uh, do you want to remind our listeners who do send us feedback, um, just to leave a name with you, if you send an audio feedback, it doesn't, you know, if just your first name or nickname, whatever, so we can introduce you when we play your feedback. And uh, in addition to the Pachak Public Call Box, you can also use Skype or Gizmo to send us audio feedback, and the address is Pachak to send that. So... Thank you, Russell, for being on our show. We're really delighted to have you back, and um, it was glad that you were able to join us in in the feedback segment and get your take on things. And um, hopefully, we'll have you um, on board next week as well when we do our wrap up of the series of this two thousand and six series. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be on again. It's been hard for us to coordinate schedules lately, but I look forward to chatting with you guys about series uh, two as a whole. Okay, and hopefully James will be back. Um, not sure if it will be next week or the following week after, but James will be returning soon. And James, thanks for your feedback. And, um, and also thank you so much for the interview with Murray Gold. And also I want to thank Chris Rattray, our Canadian correspondent, along with Ashley for their segment as well in today's Doctor Who Pachak. We missed you guys. I'm glad to have you back, and hopefully we'll hear from you both soon. Yes, and good to hear from the Aussies. It's always good to have Ashley on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so... Ken, thank you once again. Lewis, thank you once again. Having you um, in person here recording. and um, Thank you for letting me touch the Podshock shirt. Yeah, yeah I'll <laughs> let you touch the seal of Rassilon. <laughs> the hallowed seal. <Alrighty. laughs> All right, we'll see everybody next Take week. Take care, everyone. Cheers. Bye.
been listening to Doctor Who Podshock by the fan-run GallifreyanEmbassy.org. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Come back next week for another exciting and informative episode of Doctor Who Podshock. You can email us at feedback at podshock.net. Trouble seems to follow you, doesn't it, Doctor?